grill me in if I get get too. Have you been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental? One that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no BS, helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things, the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do. No excuses. Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk. Real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Oh, we're live now. Sorry about cutting you off there a second ago, Coach. We we, we hit live, and then it, it, it cut us off while we were talking. I apologize. Good, good morning. Good afternoon to the East Coast. Good morning here on the West Coast. West Coast out here is in, in California right now is underwater. We I, I was hoping that I didn't have to call you and say, hey, we have to reschedule, because last night it was dropping an inch and a half by an hour uh, in California, which is super unusual. And, you know, people in California, when the rain starts hitting like that, they don't know what to do. They can't drive right and can't see and accidents everywhere and flooded streets so it was uh, kind of a mess last night but we made it we're on the other side of it a little bit we're gonna have some more rain today but we got internet good and we have uh this next hour we should have light showers so we're gonna be good to go so this listen everybody's listening this is mark if you haven't been mark cox's haven't been uh, listening to my show before to be on the mat and i have entrepreneurs authors martial artists just all around good people always on my show. So it's great, man. This is a good friend of mine. This is Coach Marvin King. We got to meet as we we're going through being an author together and, and releasing books and getting on stage a little bit together. So I've had the pleasure of sitting late night talking uh, with uh, you and Jose one night. We were up late for, I don't know, up to 3 o'clock in the morning one night just uh, getting to know each other. So it's been it's been a friendship formed online, and then we got to meet in person, and we've kept in contact ever since. And this is the second time you've been on the show. First time we talked about your first book, and today we're going to get to talk, dabble into what you're doing a little bit. Uh, and we're going to talk about working out a little bit, something that you do well. So with no further ado, Coach, why don't you go ahead and give everybody your pedigree, and we'll get started. Hey, okay, Mark. Yeah, Coach Marvin King. Uh, martial artist, as you said, Mark. Uh, Mark and I have known each other for a couple of years now. But uh, Black Belt, Master of Martial Arts, I'm a wellness coach. And uh, we're going to get into a little bit what that really means. It's really confusing between wellness and fitness. I've also done lots of training. And I found out that my previous background in project management really helps with organizing lifestyle and the 10 elements of wellness, which we're going to be talking about a little bit of that tonight, hopefully. And uh, uh, basically 50 years into the martial arts and through that period of time, uh, wellness and the, the ability to train the body has been become very interesting and uh, part of what I like to do with, with uh, the training of the martial arts and uh, the wellness and health of the body became critical. So that's what we do. Uh, we run the business. The, I'm the owner of the Bowie Kettlebell Health and Wellness Business in Bowie, Maryland. Um, and and uh, the business has been around since 2014. And we have uh, clients raising from, uh, we, we like really with many types of clients ranging from 20 to 60 to 70 years old, all benefiting from the program that we teach. We run an online program and we run an in-person program. 
So we try to get in, uh, try to get in touch with as many people as possible. Uh, the online program has been very popular since COVID popped up, and it's been still running strong. And uh, uh, I'm also a martial arts hall of famer in four different international organizations. I've been uh, uh, elected by my peers to because of the background in martial arts. So I write, I write articles as well for uh, Argentina Magazine, uh, which is an international magazine, one of, one of the Hall of Fame members that I work with. And I'm also a published author, as Mark mentioned. I have the one book I launched two years ago, uh, The Art of Being Well, which basically defines the program that I teach and some of the things we're gonna delve in here today. And I'm into the second co-author of uh, with elite publications, uh, the book is to be released soon, so we're not going to really push the information out there. Uh, you can't buy it until maybe beginning of March, but that's Elite Martial Arts of America. So I'm a co-author in that book as well, and uh, it's just a lot of fun being uh, passing the information out. And I look forward to uh, doing some more. Yeah, it's good. It's good, Coach. We yes, I've got to those that I've got to experience. Uh, watching him do some stuff on stage. It's been, it's been fun. He does hit on something that I believe is, is not really spoken about well in, uh, in martial arts, which is the wellness side of it. So let's hit on what you said here, the wellness, there's a difference between wellness and fitness. And you know, now uh, I'm not sure coach, how old are you now, coach? I am 60. I'll be 64 in March. I'm 63. Okay, Good old so, 63 year old number. Yeah. Okay. So we're, 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 we've chewed the same dirt. So I'll, I'll be 63 next month. Right. And uh, I, I think we, uh, we've, we stand the test of time pretty well. I've seen other 63 year olds that can barely walk around the block. So, you know, fitness has been part of, you know, working out has been part of what I do forever. So I want to do want to talk about what's the difference here about wellness and fitness. You give me your explanation, and I got some questions for you. Okay, okay, okay. This is uh, it's it's confusing to a lot of people. Fitness and wellness. They they use the word interchangeably, and uh, they're totally they're really different. Fitness is pretty much, and I, I wrote about this. Now I'm going to read it as briefly because it's I, I put it together a simple paragraph. Fitness is a condition of being physically fit. Okay. Physically fit, a healthy as a goal. You set a goal to be fit. Uh, the body's in shape and uh, for a sport or an activity, but it's only one of the 10 elements of wellness, fitness is, okay? That's just being fit. You can, uh, athletes are fit for a period of a sport career or you maintain a level of fitness for whatever you're trying to achieve. Martial artists are fit forever for a long time, but wellness, Wellness is usually considered uh, one more thing about fitness is fitness is something that you set up as a New Year's resolution. I'm going to get fit for 2024. It's a it's a goal set to do go to the gym and get fit. But wellness is the longevity of fitness. OK, you think of being well, people think of that as not being sick or uh, preventing sickness. OK, and they kind of separate the two but they should be combined. Wellness is the maintenance of fitness over a lifetime because life goes, because all the life situations that occur causes the fitness to come in and out of your life. Like you're different fit at 20 than you are at 50, okay? So 
how do you train to accept the level that you are or your physicalities at a different age or period in your life? So being able to change, being able to adjust a fitness plan for a long time is called a wellness plan. So I, I was talking to you about this before. When I was young, you know, when I was a young man, I, I did a lot of powerlifting, right? So I played football. I did all that stuff. You know how it was in the gym, right? It was just pushing old weights, getting on the uh, uh, on the squat machine and, you know, pushing as much as you can. I was probably squatting 620 as a young man, benching 455, uh, you know, deadlifting, I don't know, in 550, so, I don't know, stupid numbers, right? And I just liked it. I really wasn't, uh, you know, that, you know, you kind of looked at your diet, but you didn't because it wasn't really bodybuilding. It was powerlifting. So it was just lifting heavy stuff and kind of getting off on the fact of being strong. Then I started martial arts and I realized now I, I'm strong in martial arts for sure, but I didn't have functional fitness. You know, it wasn't something. And when I was in school or we were in school, functional fitness I don't know where it went away because functional fitness was pretty prevalent. It looked like to me that was kind of what they did in the 50s. You know, monkey bars and pull-ups and all that kind of stuff that you did. And then, you know, the weight rooms came around for football players and stuff. And it just kind of went went dif a different direction. So instead of functional fitness, you had strength, strength training. And then for a martial artist especially, sometimes, you know, being big and bulky isn't the best. You know, you, you know. It, it's a little bit harder to move. You know, you get tired more. Your muscles have a lot of uh, blood that has to come to them. And so nobody really teaches you how to breathe. I haven't been in martial arts for a long time. You come from a Kung Fu background. So they, they wellness is kind of built into their martial arts. Not all martial arts are that way. Not all martial arts have a wellness uh, component to them. But Kung Fu for some reason does, right? Breathing properly, all the kind of stuff that does it. So I, in my 60s now, this was... I don't know if you know this, but I, I got pancreatitis about six, seven months ago. And that was super eye-opening. I was in the hospital for three days, man. And I was not happy about it at all because I don't drink any alcohol. Right? I don't drink. And I'm like, okay, why did I get this? And I don't know if it was because I was in ketosis for so long and the pancreas, you know, I asked these questions. They, they couldn't have answers for me. How they were going to feed me in the hospital, uh, coach, was... They gave me insure. They, they said, drink this. There's 35 grams of sugar in an eight-ounce cup. That's nine tablespoons of sugar in a, in a, a six-ounce cup. I'm like, what do you, you're, this is not, not going to make me well. And so I'm not, I'm not having this. And so I had to take my own responsibility in my health and start asking some questions. After that, I gave up some dairy. I saw another huge weight loss after I did that. So I didn't want this flare-up again of this pancreatitis. So... When you, when you talk about wellness, where I'm at right now is trying to understand how to breathe, how to get oxygen inside you on a, on, a, on a regular basis in the morning, having a morning routine of it. So why don't you give me a little bit of a morning routine or is breathing part of what you do? Well, I know it's part of what you do because I just saw you wheeling a staff around the other day and breathing after every strike also. Well, let's talk about that, that type of thing. What's one thing or two things that somebody, when they get up in the morning, can do to start a day to get a lot of oxygen inside of us. Let's talk about that part. Excellent. I, uh, I'm starting a, a, the new program I'm launching is the new wellness program I'm launching is a morning routine. So it's perfect what you're just describing. I've had a morning routine. Uh, I recognize the morning routine being critical. So I've been doing a morning routine pretty much every day 
uh, since the 90s. Okay. And I found out through a simple pattern of movement and breathing, you can maintain a certain level of fitness because you want to get in tune with your body. You have to connect the mental with the muscle. And uh, if you can learn how to breathe from the abdominals, which is the basic way of breathing, take the breath in through the nose and concentrate and let the belly balloon out and take the breath as deep as possible. If you can get a couple breaths, 10 of those in the daytime, in the morning, as your feet hit the floor, you've already set a good pattern for yourself in the day because you're setting up your neutral, you're setting up your, your nervous system to be responsive to a good form of breathing for the beginning of the day. And that's how you set the pattern. There's also, there's some movement patterns you can do as far as some uh, um, finger, finger flexibility, arm flexibility, leg and neck and basic torso flexibility or movement patterns where you set the body's uh, motion or the nervous system to respond. So the whole idea is to establish a connection between the mind, body and breath. And that and once you understand that connection, you can you can do pretty good during the course of a day. And it's not a lot. Okay, I find that some of the clients I work with have a difficulty understanding this breathing component. The most most people in the Western society are chest breathers, which means you breathe mostly from your chest, which is a short cycle of breathing. You cut yourself in half and martial artists who are trained and not learn how to train in the abdominals. They lose a lot of power by just breathing from the chest. But if your body's not used to it, you don't realize how that how much power that is. I've seen. Uh, professional athletes on the basketball floor who are breathing incorrectly because you can see the pattern. Once you understand, you can see athletes who are breathing different ways. And I see when they correct the pattern, um, but I'm not going to mention names, but basketball, some basketball players, high level were, were chest breathers. But as soon as they were able to make the connection to the abdominals, their free throw percentage goes up. Their basketball play gets better. OK, because you get more in tune with your body. So that is a simple way to concentrate the breathing, how to breathe down to the abdominals. I have about a 10 minute routine that is a person can adjust uh, or just start and just do it. And as soon as your feet hit the floor and uh, I, I realize I realize if I can just get that much in a person, their health and wellness is going to improve tremendously. Yeah, I this is something and I, I speak to people often, and I think breathing has come into play for me a little bit more starting to practice uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu because you get so hyperventilated and incorrect breathing, especially when somebody's trying to kind of get on top of you and they got all this weight on top of you and you kind of have some anxiety about it. You're, you're, yeah. you're claustrophobic because you're trying to – and you got to breathe your way out of things, okay, or you, or you end up tapping out because you're you, – you know, you just don't – you can't function right. And so, yeah. you know, and that was something, right? Control your breathing. This is what my coach kept on saying in the beginning when I was really going hard in the beginning. It's like, you got to control your breathing. You're not controlling your breathing. And now I have this routine to get more oxygen inside me on a daily before I even start the day. So, and it's not the prettiest looking breathing either, but it's, it's exactly what you say, you know, deep breath and then another deep breath from it and then letting it out and, you know, at first when I was first doing it, man, I got so lightheaded. I was like, man, what the heck? And uh, but after time, uh, I, I think that I was just oxygen deprived from what I, I can see. That's why it was that way. I don't get those lightheadedness like I used to. 
so I even me even being as long as I've been doing this kind of stuff and I found out here tell me this isn't right coach I remember when I'm lifting heavy weights I don't breathe I don't breathe through it mm-hmm. I take a deep breath and I hold it until it's all the way up and then I take a breath right I'm not breathing through the exercise and I'm like man I've been lifting weights wrong the whole freaking time I've been doing it man and so it's well, that's not necessarily incorrect the breathing uh, for weightlifting powerlifting is a little different okay when you're breathing like that you have to maintain a certain level of body tension and the breathing that you just described, you, you learn how to breathe as a power lifter. It's not necessarily where you breathe as a martial artist when you're on the mat trying to escape through the jujitsu. It's a different right. level of breathing. Okay. And the martial artist has to understand all these types of breathing to be a really good martial artist. And I, I consider martial arts the one the one system or athletic ability that offers the whole gamut up to you. If, if you get the right teacher, you get one teacher that can teach you this, you can want to teach you to teach you this, but all of it is martial arts and they have all types of breathing patterns associated with it. So uh, the, the, uh, the body tension exercises, which is, you see most of that with the sanction type breathing patterns, you know, when they're really hard and breathing, blowing the air out tight, the whole body's hot, and they're breaking body, they're breaking boards and bricks over the body, right? This type of breathing. Right. This, that is, the martial artists show that at a very high level because they're breaking, uh, you see the, you see in the Shaolin temple or, or the monks doing these kind of, uh, these amazing skill sets where they're breaking bricks over the body and they're, they're impenetrable to uh, spears and punches and things like that. It's intimidating to most folks, but at a low level of just that one skill, when you create that mind-body connection in the nervous system, you can increase strength in your health tremendously. I have a client that uh, I, I teach a client once, like if they're old or young, and they have balance issues, or say, let's go to old. If they're older and they have balance issues, which happens to seems to be a big part with the older community. They lose touch with the body's ability to tighten up and be strong and how to breathe. And they learn, they go into this relaxed fear mode and the bodies aren't connected and they can fall over. So I teach them simple sets of how to breathe and strengthen the body by, you can do it either sitting or standing, pressing against the wall and breathing will help to connect the body and the feet and the arms together. And once you get that strength connection back, you can stand in a better balanced position. I don't know if that's, that should make, that should come across. I, I've talked to a lot of folks and that's one of the easy ways to get that to start to happen in your body. I, I agree with that. And, I, and that's one thing. I have a lot of older martial artists that are taking Krav and stuff like this. Balance seems to be an issue quite a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's amazing what you do lose as you get older. Or, or what you feel like, like, man, that used to be so easy for me to do. And yeah, I think we get complacent sometimes. And so we just don't, we don't push ourselves to what it needs to be, uh, you know, yeah. f- to maintain balance and strength. Well, let's talk about, okay. so you're doing an anthology, right? You're doing an yes. anthology next. So if, if people don't know what an anthology is now, you're, you're, you're one of many authors inside of a book, right? That's what an anthology is. So I'm on my Let's see. I published a book uh, uh, last year, and then 
I have an anthology I, I wrote in spiritual fitness. I'm doing Born to Risk and Dear Younger Me. So I've got three anthologies that are out there working right now. And so it's a little bit different, right? Because you can kind of constantly, you can hone in on one thing that you want to talk about now. You don't have to kind of write a whole book on it, which is kind of nice. And then you got some feedback of other authors in that, in their, in their reputable fields to, to, uh, so it's like getting, I don't know. I like anthologies, man. It gives you a, a whole broad range of different people's uh, perspective on things. So it's really good. Now yours, I was reading through yours last night and, you know, it's got the 10 elements of total wellness the Marshall way of strength, longevity, and life balance. So let's let's talk about a couple of the ones that you feel that inside there that you want to talk about. Um, okay. What's yeah. your number one? What's your number one? Number one you have in yours is fitness, right? right. It says martial arts, mobility, breath, functional, minimalist, strength, management. Let, let, why don't we look at this fitness one here real quick? Okay. Uh, let me explain real briefly where the 10 elements came from. Okay. Just, just to touch on it real quick, because there's a general, if you look up wellness on the internet, you're going to find the eight dimensions of wellness. And that's generally what's, it's very popular and it's what's used to under, to describe what wellness is. And I basically talk about those in my first book, the eight dimensions of wellness. But as I started a couple of programs, I realized with martial artists, the element of fitness and uh, is uh, it needed to be broken up? The the uh, the exercise person or the well the exercise part of the wellness plan needed to be broken up. So I broke it up into fitness and nutrition, and I added two those two more and made it ten elements. Okay, I broke up the the exercise portion. It's not just exercise because martial artists have no issue with exercising. Okay, and that's something that's a little different for martial artists. So wellness is different when they martial artists think of wellness. They think of fitness and everything. So it's only the one element. So when I say the martial arts, mobility, breath, functional, minimalist, and strength management, okay? Uh, what I mean by that is the martial artists, the ability they, they to concentrate on mobility, which is very important to martial artists. To be a good martial artist, you have to learn how to be very mobile. They spend lots of time flexibility, Lots of time in movement training, response training, all kinds of elements of mobility. The breath control, which is what we just talked about, is critical. Knowing how to breathe when you're attacked, which is versus which, you, which you're punching, which you're absorbing as an attack, how you, uh, uh, if you are uh, on the mat wrestling, there's a certain level of breathing. So breath control is critical. And, and then there's functional. Now, functional is very Functional is another one of these words. It's like a buzzword, just functional training. What does it really mean? Uh, it, it, if you have a sport, okay, if you're into a sport and you're lifting weights, like you said, is that a functional exercise that actually works with your sport? Okay. So there are exercises that you can do that actually should enhance your particular sport. And Strength training is important to all sports, but it's normally overdone to the point where it's no longer useful in that sport. So after a while, you should be able to do strength training and you have to do sport specific training in order to get better at the sport. So functional to a martial artist, their strength training and their movement training should be congruent, which makes a better martial artist. 
So most martial artists, they'll get into their cross training phase and they'll start lifting weights and they'll overdo the weight training and then try to do the martial arts training. And they'll find out they have a rest period between the weight training and martial arts. So that means it's not congruent. That means it's something that's not connecting. They should be, you should be able to seamlessly connect the two together. And in the old school of martial arts training, this is what was done in the old styles of thousands of years of martial arts training. The masters knew that they had to make strength training congruent with their spe specific martial arts training. And you'll find different martial artists or uh, would train differently based on the styles that they were practicing. And it was very popular with Kung Fu training. They would, if you practice a Mantis style versus a Wing Chun style versus a Long Fist style, they would have, the masters would have those students practice different types of functional strength training because it was congruent with those particular systems. So that's what I mean by functional. So I'm, when I talk about this article, I'm talking about the martial artists, but every sport, in order for you to excel at the sport, you have to find the congruent strength training with your martial arts training. And they, they're getting more experimental with this all the time. And then there's minimalist. So minimalist is another one of these words that you have to find a way of uh, not overdoing the training. It's uh, uh, minimalist is the easiest way to do it without overboarding, overtraining, which is critical to martial artists. We overdo most of the things and you have to find it a simple way where you can do it all the time. Like I know a teacher once told me, you have to practice two hours a day in order to do these. You have to practice. Two hours. Like, what does that really mean? I would overdo with the parts I liked and then the parts I didn't like, I probably didn't do enough of them. You see, so you have to find the minimum approach to both of those. And then there's a the strength management, which I talked about briefly with the functional training. So I'm going to go back into that one as much. But you have to manage the, uh, the strength training with with your when we say functional training, it's like the push-ups, pull-ups, functional training, and then the strength training with the resistance or weight. I, I break those two up into the functional being the non-weight and the strength being the resistance. That's a good way to break the two apart. So let's let's talk to let's talk to our uh, you know somebody that's not a martial artist, and they're mm -hmm. saying, "Well, I'd like to talk to Coach about this," you know, and then maybe they don't want to do martial arts classes, right? But they want to have the the benefit of the fitness side of it and somebody's coming to you and saying you know i need a little help in this fitness area they're a little bit older their balance isn't as good and the minimalist thing i think is is you know a little bit of something is better than a lot of nothing right right so you know if when you talk to these the older folks and they don't have balance issues why don't we talk about, you know, some beginner stuff for people that are on the podcast that are listening that aren't elite athletes or they're not martial artists or they don't have that kind of stuff, but they're now they're in their 50s. For some reason, we start to look at life a little bit different because time is the ultimate opponent and that we're trying to beat. That opponent never loses, but we have to always kind of duck and dive it, right? So what that looks like. So let's talk to a, a beginner, doesn't know where to start, how, what's one thing they can do to have better balance is using a chair for exercises for functional fitness, like maybe uh, doing push-ups off a wall, or maybe then you graduate to you or using the chair as a push-up, uh, maybe sitting 
and, and standing back up and sitting back down using the chair. Let's talk about it, not the elite athlete, the ones that we can help that are that you and I see that are 60 years old that look and probably feel like they're 75 to 80. So let's talk let's talk about that a little bit, coach. How do we how do we take those those beginners and help them get started? Yeah, that's that's the clientele that I mostly see today. And I mostly gravitate toward that clientele. Um, as the, the simple, if depending on the person uh, has severe balance issues, which is the, the one I'm about to accept now. I have a, a new client now that's coming to me. They're in their seventies and they have really bad balance issues. Plus, they have a weight concern. So that that type of person is not going to join a gym because they have all kinds of other issues that prevent them from doing that. They'd, they'd have to be taught in a lot of things and the environment is not conducive to what they're trying to achieve for themselves. And they're really trying to figure out what is it I need? So I will go into a client like that. I'll just give you how I'll address that. A person in that position, I basically say is a project, but I wanna see where their mind and body, how it works together. Have they, have they lost functionality with pressing into the floor, mind-body connection with the breath, which is uh, basically three the three elements. So I'll have them sit in a chair, okay? Sit in a stiff chair, not a flexible, not a soft chair, uh, basically a folding hard chair where the legs can kind of be almost parallel to the floor and put their hands on their legs, on their knees and press their hands into the legs, okay? Have them open their chest, press their hands into the legs and press their feet into the floor and see if they can get the muscles to fire. And I can, if, if you can see the muscles start to waking up in the body, I'll add them to take a, take a breath through the nose and exhale and press into the body parts I just described. So as they exhale, they're pressing into the body and it's causing the body to get tight. And I want the body, I want the body to get tight that way the muscles will start to respond if you've ever had a if you've ever had a surgery and you lost functionality of a joint they have you press against the wall or do simple exercises to try to get muscle responsibility respond to the muscle in a strength element so you're pressing against the object it's a rehab right you're rehabbing the muscle so what i do is i use that same principle for the rehabbing the entire body Okay, that's that's the philosophy without a handle. So it's a rehab approach, but it's also a martial artist way of um, understanding how to generate strength by tightening the body. The martial artists know this skill. So every time I've had a surgery, I can do these rehabs and heal my body fast because as a martial artist who understands these things, you notice the body works as a unit. You want to make the you want to think of the body as an entire unit not just an arm a leg a foot so as you go into rehab they concentrate on the injured part but even if they come to me with an injured part i still have them concentrate on the entire body so once i learn once they can get that connection and i can actually get them to press off the floor and stand up and if they can do if i work to that level unassisted by just pushing into the floor and then pushing the hips forward, I get them to stand up, they've achieved a major success. 
that they did not have coming into the studio. And that alone improves their balance and functionality. They can now walk around their house, which is something that they were having difficulty doing before we met. And this is the type of training that uh, I take with pretty much every client because I find that the client starts to lose connectivity with their nervous systems in this way. Younger and younger because of the occupational work that we do in the West, we, we sit more, we don't do functional training. We don't, when we do weightlifting, we do more segmented type work, work the chest, you work the legs. So we push ourselves away from the natural functionality of the body by doing these things in the gym, if that makes sense. So under, when, I, when they come to me, I always start at that level to see how body the, the body is smart. I basically call that a smart body when it can do that kind of connectivity between the muscles. And that's the way I'm, the, I'm saying I'm seeing it younger because the younger clients I have, I'm able to turn them before it's totally gone, if that makes sense. Okay. Right, I understand that. Yeah. Okay. You know, you know what I'm saying? So the longer they've disconnected, sometimes it takes a little longer to come back, but it still comes back. Okay, so this is this is one way. That's a simple way to get it going. So let's talk about the mindset. Let's talk about somebody's mindset. You know, this is my biggest biggest issues. On sometimes people say, "Well, I don't really don't want to try martial arts training until I'm in shape." And uh, you know, you hear this. You know, you hear this kind of stuff uh, constantly. Or, I, I, you know, my opinion is people don't start a lot of things because of embarrassment, not because they're out of shape. I think they're just kind of embarrassed to uh, put themselves out there. You know, and I understand the gym, the gym atmosphere. I see it all the time. Right. I mean, and, and today's gym atmosphere is worse than what it was uh, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, so these guys you know, filming their self everywhere and, you, you know, hogging machines, being on their freaking phones. I mean, I mean, it drives me absolutely crazy. My my I can only take those type of gyms just for a little a, a little bit you know i like to go find those old school gyms where all the old school bodybuilders are you hear the iron clanging it's not those plastic weights you i can hear the iron i can hear the men pushing through things i can hear the encouragement and that the gym atmosphere just isn't that at all you know today so let's talk let's talk about the mindset of somebody getting into their wellness a little bit because we can teach them all this stuff but if certain things don't change, if diet doesn't change, if your mindset doesn't change that you want to be well, your body's going to die. That's just the way it goes. You've got to train your mind to say that, hey, I want the second half of my life to even be more fulfilling than the first. It's not how long we live. It's the quality of how we live long. It's not, you know, what's the use of being 90 years old? But you've been in bed for two years. I mean, what really is the use of that kind of life? Right. So let's talk about the mindset that you have. Let's 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 dab into what your your thought process is on mindset. And is that one of your uh, elements at all? Let me take a look at that. It could kind Absolutely. of uh, like under, under psychological, I best that it, it, that would be something there. Um, That's right. Uh, let okay. me just run through. the. I'm just going to mention what the 10 elements are real quick. So, so it's on the podcast. Uh, OK, let's do uh, that. Fitness. One, number two is nutrition. Number three is accountability. Number four is psychological. Number five is business. Number six is society. Number seven is spiritual. Number eight is intelligence. 
Number nine is ecological. And number 10 is economical. Okay. And these elements are, they all have a reason for being there, for being total well. Okay. It's about, it's not just fitness because fitness is one of the first things that leave when something else happens in your life. Okay. If you have uh, a life event, you no longer can get to the gym. That's the first thing to go the gyms and you have a job situation that you move your fitness goes away too because every time you have a major event change fitness kind of disappears and gets left behind you have to re get get fit again you gain weight nutrition everything starts to slip away so uh, that's why the other 10 elements are part of it but when you talk about mental mind frame what is it what what are we trying to achieve well most of the clients that come to me their mental mind is they have a they have an idea of what they think they want to an idea of what fitness is to them or the body type that they would think they want to achieve based on something they've seen or some place they've been in the past in their fitness so their knowledge is that's that's the length of their knowledge so they're coming to find out where i can go i want to get here in general or rule of thumb is they all want to feel better about themselves and that's a they don't really know how to get to that point. So I know how I, I take the approach of helping them to feel better in their bodies by doing simple exercises, like I mentioned earlier, to get that connectivity to the mind and the body. And that sets the mental frame. The expectations now, they get a little clearer because they feel good when they leave the training sessions. And the whole object is to help someone feel good with a little bit of work. Uh, the less the classes are 30 minutes. All of my classes are 30 minutes long. Uh, they may go to 40, but in general, they're signed up for 30 minutes at a time. Anything more is a little harder to maintain. So I, I teach them that in a wellness program, if you want to build strength, you don't need a lot of time to do it. And you want to spend as less time, but as much productive time as possible to set the right tone for do I have time to exercise? Okay. They, they say time is always a big problem getting, if you're going to a gym, that's obviously you take two to hours, you know, you drive there, you go there, you work out, you come back, it's two hours, and you're exhausted and you're, you know, it's just, that time is a big issue. So I can get them to train 30 minutes a day in their home or less and get improvements in their health and feel well within their bodies that will improve their overall wellness and health. And all of my clients get that level of training. So that's the mental frame. Less is actually more when you're trying to be well. As long as it's right. Yeah, I, I, listen, <laughs> I, I find that as an older person in the gym, I was one of those uh, two and a half hour nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I find that sometimes less is more. And, you know, some of these top bodybuilders now talk about the same thing. It's not like being in the gym three hours in the morning, then three hours at night. It's not, you know, there's, you know, they, they speak well of this. And then as you know, that's the problem. You know, I told you before, coach, that's the problem with uh, even myself. I had to kind of change my mindset because, you know, I, I lifted uh, and I only put 275 on the on the bar. Right. And I'm like, oh, no, I know, I, you know, I can still do this and not a problem. I didn't have a spotter as in the garage. You know, I was pushing 225 and I'm like, well, let's just do 275 for a set of three. And man, I brought that down and I'm like, what the heck? And I'm going up and I'm like, I'm stuck. Right. And I either got to dump the weight. 
And so I didn't dump it. I scooted myself back to get my shoulders more in line. And so I can use my shoulders, lifted it. Then I popped something in my shoulder. That took me seven months of super lightweight after that. I could not press a bar. I couldn't do dumbbells. And so for seven months, because I was being stupid, uh, it that injury took forever to heal. And so I, I, I believe one thing I think you are true. I think most people do, don't do any exercise at all because they say time is, I just don't have time to do that. I don't think people don't have time. They don't make time. I think there's a difference, right? Uh, there's, you know, there, you have time management. Everybody has the same 24 hours in a day and you have to manage that time. Whatever. So if you want to put 30 minutes here, you can, but if you don't want to, then you won't because it's just not as important to you. You'll manage time for what's most important to you. And this is the kind of the mindset that I've tell my students anyway. I said, practice doesn't have to be three, four hours a day. I mean, I mean that's the biggest myth. If you can put in your, your two to three classes a week and spend 15 minutes at home on some stuff. So you, your mind can retain what we're doing. You're going to excel and you're not going to get burned out. And I think burnout's one of the main, main things that people quit because it's hard. It takes self-discipline to be disciplined. You know, when, when, uh, when the voice is telling you you're too tired and you don't want to do it. My voice was just telling me that last night too, before I went to bed, I was like, man, I didn't do the workout. Like I usually did in the morning. Okay. I'll just catch a double tomorrow. And I didn't, I, I was laying in bed just like feeling it. So I just got up and went and did it. You know what I mean? I was like, man, I'm going to sit here and not sleep now because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So I went out and did a quick workout. It wasn't very long. It was 20 minutes. And after I was done, I'm like, I wasted two and a half hours talking myself out of doing something for 20 minutes. You know what I mean? I was like, that's yeah, stupid. And so I, I agree with you that less is more. I think that that will help people um, at least start a regiment. As an older person now, because, you know, I watch... I watch what goes on. If I go out in a public place and, and I see people, well, I'm in a group, right? I'm in a Toastmasters group right now, learn, you know, trying to get better at speaking and stuff. And my group is an older group. And I thought for sure I'm the baby in the group based on how everybody looks. Right. And I'm like, and I'm not the baby in the group. I was like, wait, what? And, uh, and I was like, I asked my group, I said, Hey man, you guys exercise and are you eating properly? Are you eating something that's, that is, uh, feeding you nutritionally? And, and, you know, of course you find out, you know, uh, I, you know, a lot of diet Coke and a lot of, of Western food that is not your friend. Uh, so, you know, where, where do you, where do you, how do you help somebody with their mindset of staying on track? Do you have what you, cause accountability is one of them. I saw it in there. Mm -hmm. So do you have them accountable to you and how do you ultimately get them accountable to themselves? So it's okay to be accountable to me. I'm the coach mm -hmm. and, and you, you're, you're paying me to do something. And I'm going to hold you accountable because I'm going to call you. I'm going to be on you. But even so, even after that, without any kind of self-discipline, Motivation goes away. Everybody's super motivated in the morning to, to change their life around or, or in January, they're going to change their whole life around. And then life gets in the way and the motivation goes away. But this, but you've never been taught self-discipline. Mm -hmm. How do you bite size self-discipline to somebody to help them, uh, you know, stay on track? You know, don't quit right before you win that type of stuff. Yeah, I, I find that, you know, 
I've experimented with this quite a bit because I've been training folks. I was, like I said, I'm a trainer and I found out that the people train differently when it comes to training and they basically all phase off. Everyone phases off. And I used to say, well, they would get good results, but the goal of a trainer or a good wellness coach or anything that you want to do with a client, so you want them to eventually wean off of your program. And that's where that's the goal is. So I tell all of them that as a coach, I would get you to a point, but the object is for you to wean off and become knowledgeable enough to maintain a wellness program for yourself. Understand that, you know, everyone's life is different and situations in your life aren't exactly as mine, but you can find time to manage your wellness through that. So eight weeks is pretty much the time I asked them to be accountable to me in the beginning. And that, that is an account. I use an application an app for that. We use uh, for in-person folks. We meet on a regular basis. Uh, I train folks about two days a week in person. But we're online or a couple we can we set up a program where we can just be accountable. I have them if they're trying to lose weight. I have them send me pictures of their food and to get them on track on different types of how they eat during the day. I find out what is their worst meal of the day to eat. We break it all down to what is going on in their life to be accountable to the weak parts that they're failing on because most folks are successful at a lot of parts in their daily routine. It's just the one deal that they may mess up with as they're not, they may mess up the lunch meal. They eat too late at night. They're doing everything else right. But those two things are like sabotaging their success. So once we find out what the weak link is, we work on that and they start to achieve uh, better results. Uh, most of the time is uh, when they learn the, and they learn the exercise piece that I teach, as far as we talked about earlier, how to create the, uh, the time under tension, which is basically what I described with pressing into the legs and how long you can hold that and to generate the breath with that. Once you understand that level of dynamic with exercise, exercise becomes a lot less because I don't want them to spend a lot of time on exercise. Just those simple drills and exercises like I just described is all you need within the eight week program to get a lot of good success with your overall wellness. Once they once they achieve that level of connectivity or time or that level of exercise and that level of strength, they find themselves moving better or feeling better in their bodies. And I find that can happen in about eight weeks. And depending on the person's level of conditioning, um, if they've been training in the gym for a very long time and they have a lot of bad habits, you know, that may be a little sometimes hard to get that connectivity. But if they haven't been training for a year, I can get them to see results relatively within a number of just a few days. And even within one session, I can see the body changing. That's so, awesome. And I, yeah. I think it's powerful for a coach to say, uh, you know, I think that's powerful to hear that. Uh, to wean off, you know, my job is to get you started is to prepare you to train you so that you can do this on your own and then eventually show somebody else what it is and then continue the cycle. Right. And so I think right. that that's a, that's, that's powerful. That's what, you know, eventually that's what you want to do. You don't want them just hanging on um, for dear life uh, when you're in yeah, a one-on-one -on -one training situation. Right. Cause then they become a crutch. They don't become a coach. That's right. You know, you're not really helping them at that point. It's just a profitable thing at that point. And my goal is not to just 
they want to, you know, the wellness program is not about all profitability. It's helping them move forward. That's correct. Right. I think that, well, just like Zig Ziglar says, you help enough people get what you want, you'll get you'll get what you want. And through your trainings and, and saying, hey, uh, this is what people do. I'm sure this is how you're going to get get clients is, hey, my coach, man, took me through an eight-weeks program. You know what he does in eight weeks? He focuses in on how I can do this without having him there. And that's the most powerful thing, right? And then you get clients from other clients saying, hey, my friend's done this. They said that you can help me. It's an eight-week course to, to kind of set me up for a win. And I think mm-hmm. that's important. I think that in a fitness regiment like what you're doing, um, you know, you're getting people on a, on a wellness journey. You know, that's a little bit different right. than on a black belt journey. You're getting them on a wellness journey. Sometimes the wellness journey is more important then as their wellness journey progresses, then they can go start looking at other physical things that might make interest to them. Maybe I can try, maybe I can dabble into this because now their confidence is built. Now their body is built a little bit and now they can go and do things that, you know, they, they couldn't do before. So I think that that's powerful coach. I think that's, that's, you know, listen to a coach say my coach was like that just so I had a trainer too. I have had a couple of the top bodybuilders that trained me uh, even in the gym. And you know what I used him for more? Ronnie is his name, Ronnie Camacho. Man, I just love him. But when I would work out with Ronnie, he's super good at mental uh, mental stuff, talking to, talking you through. As a man, you know, a lot of times um, you don't have another guy to kind of you know, beat things off, uh, you know, you know, uh, go banter back and forth with. So I would say to Ronnie, Hey, this is my struggles. And he would just give me this, you know, the coaching that I needed to, to, and then when you left the session, it wasn't about the lifting. It was about the talking and, and how to get yourself there. The lifting is kind of like, like martial arts, right? We use martial arts as a tool to build your self-confidence. You know, mm-hmm. he uses the weights to do the same thing for me so he can talk me through some some mental blockage. And I think that's uh, that's what I enjoyed with my coach. I still enjoy it today. You know, when I'm kind of uh, struggling a little bit, he know, it's weird. He knows, you know, like he can tell him he, he knows me pretty well. And so he'll just give me a quick call and say, uh, Mark, are we uh, are we good here? Or because I, I kind of hear in your voice and. And then that's what I did. That's, you know, that's what Ronnie and I's relationship was. So it was awesome. But on the same token, yours, uh, do you feel your clients like, so if somebody's here watching today and say, man, I'd like to get, I'd like to, I'd like to kind of work with this, with this gentleman. You have an online and you have an in-person, correct? Where are you out of, first of all, where, where does your in-person training happen? Yeah. In person, I'm in Bowie, Maryland. So, uh, I have folks that want me to come out and do some workshops across different states and up in the up in the east, New York and things in Philadelphia. But and basically, I, I do work out of my uh, studio here in Bowie. I have two locations and um, uh, that's where we go. So in person, we meet there and 30 minutes or so just to get them started. We do an intake, assess where they are, uh, decide what they want to achieve, what their goal is or what at least start to establish a goal and then work from there. Most clients are coming, you know, clients are coming to you for a reason. Like you go to a doctor, you have a problem and I know it hurts, but I don't know how to fix it. So the coach's idea, the coach's approach is to help them discover what's hurting 
Is that really what it is? And then move forward with that. And uh, essentially, I find there's basically three things that need to happen to a person if they're trying to make a transformation. Obviously, I mentioned the 10 elements of wellness, which are part of the wellness program. But in order to get in shape or to feel the body get strong again, you have to learn to do this time and attention, which I mentioned to get to, to get the body, I call it, to get the body smart again, like a kid running around. Kids run around, they're tight, they're energized all the time because the muscles are always firing. So to get connection with the body as a youthful person again, and that's the first thing. Those are the simple exercises, very simple exercises to get there. There's, and they have no injuries. So folks normally go to the gym, the first thing that happens is they get an injury and they're afraid they don't want to have an injury. So yeah. that's the other part, right? So the time on attention is safe. The other thing is you have to develop some type of HIT program, high intensity training interval, high intensity interval training program. And in general, everyone knows they have to do something to generate some level of high tension, especially if they're trying to lose weight. So what do you do for that when a person's not really feeling the workout? You know, they look at a video and it's jumping around, they're skipping rope, they're doing polymetrics, they're jumping off ladders and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> folks aren't going to do that, right? You're going to go to a high intensity aerobic class and they're kicking the legs up in the air and running and hopping. Folks aren't going to do that. So how do you stimulate that level of training in a person without doing that? And I found there's some very unique things you can do with the kettlebell. Uh, also, with this time and attention, it's a very unique things you can do with that way. And once you get them in touch with the breath, you can generate some high intention. You can get the cardio uh, body to generate uh, some high intensity. You get the heart rate to go up and down that way as well. And if a person's been sedentary for a while and they lost connectivity with their body or they can't do a time and attention for 30, 20, 15 to 30 seconds, they have no business in a high intensity training program because they're going to just hurt themselves and they're going to get an injury. And that's what most people are. So um, and if they're trying to lose weight, then we get into some type of carb cycling program, how to not just eliminate carbs in your body, because you can't just tell a person not to eat carbs anymore. It's, it may work for a week, maybe two if they're really disciplined, but it's going to start to slip again. So you got to find a way to allow them to eat carbs and understand how to eat carbs. And everyone's a little different. We can Everyone, based on how they eat, we get into that kind of program as well. But those three things, time and attention, learning how to do a, a high intensity a training interval program and to learn the carb cycling will make a major change in the fitness portion of the 10 elements of the wellness. And that's why those three are kind of broken out separately. I realize those are really critical to uh, get your wellness program in tune. So, Coach, are you going to have... Um do you are you, when you put this out in your book you say it's going to be out in uh march or something correct yes um yeah, will there be an, is there right is there going to be an element to uh um something online that matches it maybe videos on each one of them or something to that effect or the, it comes out and and is will it be explained enough through the book each element or how do how will people be able to dabble into it more than just a chapter in an anthology? Well, that's a good one because I touch on the ten elements and I give a description in the book, and I, I highly encourage you to get the book to get the description. And I also have the contact information in the book, so 
each each person's wellness plan is going to be a little different if you're going to really address this properly. Uh, you can generally give them, I give them the 10 dimensions and they're like, well, how does that work for me? What are they? You know, so, say, for instance, you know, we talked about fitness and nutrition. And OK, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Well, what about what about uh, environmental or what about uh, society? What does that mean? You know, what is how does that work into a wellness program? Right. What people you associate with the relationships are very critical. Your uh, people are married they're not married. All these things uh, decide or impact your overall plan. So I look at a person's life and we get into that and you can establish a decent plan for them to feel good within their bodies and within their spirit, which is very important with the wellness plan. So the elements will be described in the book and uh, to get into more information about how to maybe adjust that or how to make that work in your life. My contact information will be there as well. Okay, so I put in your contact information for those that want to hear you in the comments right now. Um, I put your Bowie Club. I put your uh, your websites in here now. Your email, how to get a hold of you. Uh, your phone number, your Facebook, all the stuff to get a hold of Coach you, is in here now that you guys can uh, reach out to him and and make connections with him. You know, before we get going, you know, we we were I was looking through the uh, anthology a little bit, and we were talking about uh, different things. You have something called the um, the Bowie Kettlebell Club. And I, you know, I want to hit on that. You know, what your specialty is there is working with the kettlebells. So let's let's talk about how how that kettlebell can do so much for you uh, in a functional way. Let's talk about your, you know, that's what you're known for the best, right? Is the is the Bowie Kettlebell Club? Let's talk about that. Right. One. Yeah, good. You know, all of this training comes from my martial arts background. So I always, when I look at everything I've developed. It's basically from the martial arts because I'm a master in the martial arts. So that is where it comes from. Uh, except everybody doesn't want to learn martial arts. So how do you train them to be well if you're not teaching them martial arts? I found that to be a hard reach if you're opening up a martial arts school. So people just come in from martial arts. So the benefits of a martial arts program, fitness, or well, fitness program are the top that are some of the best in the world, the, the skill sets that are inside the martial arts. So I found that incorporating the skill sets of the health-related portion of the martial arts, I can create a fitness program for somebody who doesn't want to learn martial arts. And for resistance training, to develop the strength that they're looking to help them achieve, like the time and attention, the kettlebell works very well for that because the offset balance of the weight, which is a big part of it, and the fact that you can hold the handle and have the fingers open, okay, and still, when you open the fingers and the kettlebell sits properly on the hand, it causes the body to be more engaged than if you were just using a dumbbell. And um, mm -hmm. those little elements by themselves help strengthen the posterior chain of the body, help build the posture, help incorporate the breathing just by the positioning of the kettlebell. It's not how fast you have to work it. You don't have to work it like a CrossFit workout. Uh, when they get to an intermediate advanced portion, they start to swing the kettlebell. But in general, what has to happen is people have to learn how to move their bodies in a correct manner. I find a hip action 
or right. the, the hips are number one, or if there's any one area that you could describe that starts to dissipate over fitness is the, the hips. People forget how to move the hips. They usually move the knees first. The knees take the blunt of the pain. It may take uh, four weeks or less to get that movement, correct, movement pattern correct in the hips. And once you get that, everything starts to move a lot smoother. Uh, the kettlebell moves smoother. You, uh, you generate more power and you just get overall, your strength just improves tremendously just by the correct movement of the hips and uh, how the feet balance on the floor. So uh, yeah, the, kettle, the kettlebell uh, is used, I use it in that way. Uh, in the transformation program where folks were trying to, where folks were losing weight, the kettlebell was key essential to it because you can develop a high intensity program with the kettlebell and body weight exercises and not injure and get injured in the class. So no one's ever been injured using the classes that I teach with the kettlebells, which I like to say is a, I'm very proud of that. And that was one of my goals, not to have anyone get injured, no matter how they come to me. So uh, I run a couple of videos online where I've shown how people use the high intensity training. Like you, you grab the kettlebell with, at the horns and just uh, do low, slow squats and come up and push. It's all about the movement of the hips and then take it up to the body this way and then bring it down. And, you, and it, one element of this whole type of training is to keep the resistance in both the positive and negative movement of the exercise. Uh, in general, in Western exercises, you kind of relax on the way down and you use tension on the way up, right? So the object here is to boost tension in both directions. And that way you keep the yeah. body under tension for a longer period of time. It also forces you to breathe a little better. So yeah, little simple things like that improve. And you also burn a ton more calories when you're doing it that way. Okay. So uh, that is a, that's a one of, I use the kettlebell in that way. Very minimalist. I call that, a, that's a minimalist way of using strength training to get major results. Right. So I want to, yeah. And I want to hit on this for, for those that are watching, uh, getting a kettlebell isn't super expensive and a couple, uh, a couple ranges for you that you can use, uh, that the amount of exercises you can do in 20 minutes with a kettlebell, just doing kettlebell swings, you know, uh, and stuff like that is just, I can't tell you how, you know, one arm kettlebell swings to the other arm to both arms to holding it and squatting it is a a quick 20 minute uh workout that you can do at any time uh, and because i use that kettlebell quite often a, a lot of good martial artists use kettlebells my son is my son loves kettlebell work and he's deceptively strong you know he's 155 pounds but man he'll yank up a 95 kettlebell right up and over his head with one arms one arm swings right for a little dude and people like wow that's strong and but i said if you watch him though he's not just lifting his arm up and doing this i remember him doing it one day i said you just lift up 85 pounds with one hand and he goes yeah and so i said okay move over i'm doing that uh i'm not letting you outdo me and so i grabbed that thing and i humped it up here and it was all sheer strength right just like Ugh! and he's like you don't even use any of your legs dad that's why you're having such a hard time right and he, he schools me on how he squats down. It's here. And then he pushes up with his legs and it was a big nothing. And I'm like, man, see, that's what I'm talking about. That old school, new school, 
you know, he works on functional fitness and he's just as strong as I am, even though he doesn't have the bulk I have, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing. So yes, I do encourage any kind of kettlebell and I know you do online kettlebell. I know you do. I know you do those, those classes, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I encourage people. If you've, if you've never done the kettlebell workout, reach out to coach, see if you can get on his online class, go learn how to swing it. Because it can be, uh, you know, you want to talk about working on core. And you're right. That is almost high-intensity training because when you're squatting and, and lifting a weight all at the same time, it's not the running in place, uh, you know, jump roping, uh, you know, jumping up on a box and jumping. Who, nobody at 50, 60 likes to jump up on boxes and jump down, okay? Even yeah. if, because, they're, well, first of all, their knees probably don't work. And, uh you know, even just, you know, and you can achieve the same exact thing by, by stepping up on something, holding on to a bar that's next to you for balance. You step up and you step down and then you eventually let the bar go, step up, step down. And pretty soon you'll see uh, results. So I, I, I think I think what you do, coach, is break it down to more um, biteable stuff so that people can not be so intimidated by this huge regimen of lifting and and all this kind of stuff. So I, I think that those that are listening, we've had a pretty good number of that's been on and off here as, as we talk and to reach out to you. If you've never done a kettlebell, go do a kettlebell workshop with him. Is that something you have on a constant basis? Is that a weekly thing? How does that work for somebody that wants to come and meet you and do a kettlebell sessions with you? Yeah, I, uh, I run eight week sessions. I think eight weeks worked really well for my online programs. It's just, it's not too much. It's not too little. Eight week sessions in person are based on a monthly. I do a monthly session each per month with people, depending on and give them an the opportunity to continue with that. Uh, I have people with been with me since 2012, so since staying with me consistently. Uh, they can work out on their own. They just love the camaraderie. We build a family of uh, people. Uh, that's the big martial arts piece. That's part of my four dimensions that I offer in the book, which is I, I encourage you to get the book, The Art of Being Well, and it kind of explains the, the four elements that I teach as far as the curriculum. And the one thing that's hidden within the curriculum, which is uh, my martial arts program, is that when people start a martial arts class, and you know this, Mark, you know, they're intimidated to start a martial arts class because they're not yeah, they fit and they, they're afraid they're going to get hurt. So the program I teach on the kettlebells and the mobility actually prepares them for self-defense. They, they get the understanding of the time and attention. You know how you have to connect it when you block in a punch. It's not just blocking with your arm. You have to use the whole body, right? So once they understand time and attention and they can connect the legs and the arms together and the body stronger, it's like wax on, wax off. Okay. You, you actually, now I can teach him a self-defense technique without telling them what well, you have to use your legs. Okay. Because now the legs are being used because they've, they've, they've had that mind body connection through the kettlebell training and the other exercises that we teach. In fact, there's a client now that I'm teaching. She wants to start doing the martial arts self-defense portions of it. And it's really simple now that she can do the, connect she can do the power moves of the body of a flip she can flip me over because she's learned this level of understanding of a body she couldn't do a she couldn't do a uh, a downward dog position when she started okay
Okay, so now it's improved because she's the muscles are now integrated and I call them smart muscles. So uh, yeah, so the program I'm teaching, I'll have another one starting on the 19th and uh, another eight week session starting on the 19th. So if folks want to get involved with that, send me a shout, shout out and see where we can go from there. So we got a question. This is a good friend of mine, uh, David Starachi. You know, he's in our age category. He he is a phenomenal martial artist, and he has been ever since I've known him from way back in the 80s when we started training. His question is, question for the coach. I've been training HIT for about a year and a half. Recently, our HIT coaches have been adding kettle more and more. Many times at the end of the session, while I'm starting to fatigue, I add weight. Is this an advantage or should I stay with the weight I started with? I'm old school like Mr. Cox. Sometimes I push into the danger zone. Please advise. That's, that's a common one. Uh, it's saying that when I'm starting to fatigue, I add weight. Okay, this is, uh, this is, this is common with the old school folks. Okay, we, you know, we keep pushing. I know I was a big victim of big culprit of that myself. <laughs> you're not getting better unless you're pushing through the tired parts, right? That's well, correct. Excellent. hundred percent. You can I've have water, you know, water makes you weak, that type of thing. Yes. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's only, that's only good if you're training for a competition of fighting, you know, you have to be able to accept the level of, and it's only for a short time. You don't want to train forever that way, but there's a, when you're in competition, you have to push to a certain point where it's beyond just normal training. Okay. So you have to balance, you have to fight that fatigue and understand what it really is. So that's a little different, but when you come to the, like the question that the gentleman asked, uh, yeah, if you're starting to get tired, it's time to stop. Okay. I always tell folks, if you start to feel pain, Anywhere in the exercises, you say you're doing 10 swings and you start to feel pain on number nine, the gig is up. Okay. The body, there's no need to push for the extra three because you rest it, you rest, rest, like everything come back and then do five to eight more. So you want to be, you want to be strong every time you do a set of exercises. If you can't do the set under without any pain, then that day is over for your workout. You should rest up and then come back the next day. Otherwise, you're going to have a chronic issue start to occur. You're going to start to get repetitive stress syndromes. You may have a form break that needs to be fixed, and you're working into the form break, and it's causing you to have pain. So you're going to create a bad habit. So the best habits are formed when the body is at rest and you're doing the exercises properly. As soon as you start to fatigue, you start looking for other ways to push through that extra level and the form is broken. So you don't want to push through the exercise when you're fatigued. You, you stop the gig, rest up, and maybe do another set. And that's the common, that's the best way to keep yourself from getting injured and for prevent yourself from overtraining. I think that's good. And while you're listening, Dave, I, you know, I get where, where he's at because he, he, you know, he's an animal on top yeah. of it uh for for his i mean he, he'll push mm-hmm. and i you know i'll tell you i'll tell him that you know what just like i told you there are sometimes i feel even on the jujitsu mat i say okay this is going to be you know we're going to go uh nine rounds of five minute nine rounds we're going to do non-stop and you're going to do non-stop don't get off the mat it doesn't matter you know whatever now that doesn't mean that i push so hard that on round eight I'm just going balls to the wall. No, that means, okay, maybe I'm flow rolling now. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish out what I started. Mm-hmm. And 
I've pushed the much the maximum I can push, but I want to I want to still get past that zone. And I think, Dave, when I'm listening, I'm leading through what you're saying. I add weight for the advantage. I think the coach is right when you're when you're kind of training for something, and, and you've got to have that you know you've got to have that fatigue and work through it. And I think type A personalities anyway need to have it almost like they feel, even though we don't compete as much, we're still competitive to ourselves. That's just how I am. I know that I'm always improving myself. Can I push myself past? But I do know I've learned very, very quickly as I've gotten older that if I push too much, then all of a sudden I don't get to train for two weeks. And now that sucks. So that I was just telling coach right before we, we hit this, I hurt myself doing a bench press and I, I was out, man. I couldn't do not. I was lifting baby weights, man, for six weeks, you know, little wussy weights. Right. And I was like, man, I was so pissed at myself for doing that just because my ego got engaged. But there are times I think that we need to do, uh, you know, he's a you know, he still trains in his martial arts today that if you're trying to do something you want to get or you're going to do a forms competition or what you're going to do, one of these coming up and you want to compete real quick. And you want to go to fatigue? How how much fast can I get past it? I don't think there's anything wrong with like the coach said. If if you do it, but I don't think in, in the long run, increasing, increasing, increasing is something that's going to be longevity for for us. You know, so hopefully he uh, helped answer that a little bit, Dave. On there, you'd like him a lot, man. He was, you know, we called David Starachi when I was in the '80s. You know how uh, Billy Blanks came out and did cardio karate, yes. and it was the biggest thing forever. Yes. Um, um, he was doing that way before Billy Blinks was, he would come in, you know, he's, uh, he was just a wiry, strong, loved to fight. And he'd do this cardio, uh, karate, man. And we were, he, he'd be the, so unique that he'd come in and put music on. Cause that just wasn't a thing. And then he bouncing around, we'd be in class with him and we'd bounce around like, boom, boom, boom. And uh, so it was so fun to train with him. You know what I mean? It's fun to watch him now, even as he's gotten older like we have and still just getting after it, man. He's a good dude, man. You'd like him. I really yeah, like that's Dave. Awesome. So that's good. I, I like that. All I right. think uh, uh, I, I know I'm probably jumping in on this one, Mark, but uh, if uh, I consider the program I teach is a, like a maintenance program, it's, mm -hmm. it's a level you just kind of stay in the maintenance cycle where you can continue to be here. You can do this for the rest of your life. But right. whenever you want to jump it up, you can do it, and then you come back down to the maintenance cycle, right? But you That's know right. what that maintenance cycle is. And yeah. I help people discover. I know I was had a big issue with that. I was always wanted to be up here, you know. That's just how we build. That's how we're built. But yeah. nowadays, I can stay at the maintenance level, and if I want to ride a bike, I can go out and do 25 miles. It's not a big deal, right? And I can come back mm -hmm. down. You know, you don't, you can go out and do five miles or you can walk two miles, you can walk 10 miles, but you have to know what a maintenance cycle is and you can go up and down as much as you like. It's something yeah, you can do your entire life. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Good advice, coach, man. And we'll end on that note. I'm already taking you over the hour like we did, but you know, this has been, uh, um, super informative as usual. You know, you and I can sit and talk martial arts and fitness for uh, a long time. And I don't know, are you being at any event? I'll be in, uh, are you going to the global summit in May, uh, in Maryland? Are you going to that? Yeah, I, I got I will be there. The global summit okay. in May. 
Doesn't, yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll yeah. be there. I'll, we'll get to sit and talk to each other there. I'll be there. Uh, I'm going there, and then uh, I'm going to go to Manassas afterwards. I got some seminars I'm going to teach, so I'm going to be out there a little bit longer. And so we'll get to meet up uh, in there for sure where we can sit and talk again face-to-face. -face. I look forward to it. Absolutely, all right. Man. Had a great oh, time great. again today, Coach. I got all your contact information out there for everybody. Uh, I'll put the audio out for you so you can share it with your with your people. Okay. And I, my algorithm now uh, in in YouTube has gotten way way bigger. So, um, you know, you'll get five hundred thousand a thousand views today on this on this video alone. I've hired somebody to help me boost my YouTube channel. So we'll get you exposed out there the best we can. I'll have some clips that I, from this. Uh, on I have an AI that does some clips from our stuff, and I'll send it to you so you can share it and put it out there on your on your platform. Sound good? Oh, that sounds great, man. All Thanks, right, Mark. man. Enjoy my hour with you, coach. Have an great. awesome day, sir. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.